Another one has to do with household. When people aren't agreeing with the household, too many men, and, and I, I was you know, in this camp to some extent myself up until maybe the last eight, 10 years. Mm -hmm. Too many men have this notion that they're glad to help, which means the woman has all the mental burden. And then the man says, well, what, if you just asked, I would have helped. And then, and, 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 but, but really, it should be equal burden mentally where, where both people are scanning the house for what needs to be done and just doing it. Welcome to the No Problem Parenting Podcast. Turn behavior problems into no problem with Jackie Finneman. Are you ready to become the confident leader your kids crave you to be? Do you want to learn how to make parenting easier and more fulfilling? Whether you are at your wit's end or you want to have more fun as a parent, you're definitely in the right place. Now here's your host, Jackie Finneman. Welcome back to the No Problem Parenting Podcast, where we choose to deal with and overcome the emotional and behavioral challenges within our home. Today, listeners, I have a special guest with me. His name is Richard Chandler. Richard and I have known each other, I think, for over 20 years when he had his massage practice. And you're in the field of therapy now, or have been for quite some time. And I wanted to have Richard on today to talk about anger. You know, that's a hot topic these days. Many families are are dealing with frustration and agitation and irritability and all those things. And so I wanted to bring Richard on because he really is going to help us learn how to practice the skills to stay calm and communicate effectively without those angry outbursts. And it kind of starts before you're in the in that moment, right? So let me introduce you to Richard real quick. He's an MA and holds an MA and an LPC with a master's degree in Adlerian counseling and psychotherapy. He's a licensed professional counselor in the state of Minnesota. Richard applies his expertise, his training and counseling experience to help you communicate more clearly, to harmonize your relationships and enjoy a happier and more successful life. By enrolling and fully engaging in Richard's anger management courses, you can transform your life. And Richard is there to support you. He has moved into the world of online courses and has an anger management course that includes a certificate of completion. So welcome to the show today, Richard. Well, thank you so much, Jackie. Just a treat to see you again. I remember I grieved a little bit when you left the uh, massage therapy field because you were definitely a pro at that, but I'm so happy that you are in the therapeutic uh, world right now. Before I go into the subject of anger today, how about you just tell us a little bit about where you're at now, how you got to this place and what you enjoyed uh, doing as you serve your clients? Yes, certainly. Well, there's a, a real... Uh it seems maybe a little like, how do you get from a massage therapist to be in a psychotherapist? Actually, the skill set is not as different as people might think, because one's capacity to settle and be calm and relaxed and have a sense of presence with people, you know, that, that was really the, a lot of what I used, that, that skill set in, in, when working with body work, massage therapy for all those years. And I, I recognized I really needed to, to move on to maybe making even more significant contribution to people's lives. Way before I even thought about being a psychotherapist, I had people on my table doing massage therapy work that were just telling me everything about their lives. 
<laughs> yeah. And many of them were, were, were psychotherapists themselves. <laughs> so that, that was a pretty good indicator that perhaps I should transition to this kind of work. So I yeah. kept both practices going. And then at some point, my, my practice with psychotherapy was certainly built up enough. And by that time, my body had kind of had it in terms yeah. of hands and arms and shoulders. And, and so I made kind of a sudden, I just, one day I said, this is it, I'm not doing any more. And that was about four and a half years ago. And I've transitioned now into a completely online practice for over two years. And that's gone really well. I'm not going back to an office. I really like this. And Talk so about that a little bit. I know some people, I've been doing uh, the online meetings with parents for about five years now. So pre-COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the reason I switched was I was getting all these clients two, three, four hours away from me or in other states. Yes. Uh, which is more popular now than it was, you know, five years ago, but it's time saving, right? It is, you don't have to find daycare for your kids. You can meet right, you know, from your home or from your office on a lunch yes. break or something like that. Um, so it's time saving, but it's also um, cost saving because you're not traveling or paying for someone to travel to you. So what benefits are you finding? Every benefit that you've already described, I find all that. and in addition to that is that people's perception of what it might be like is not necessarily accurate because people are oftentimes quite reluctant. They say, oh my God, I don't wanna, I wanna do in-person. I, I don't wanna do online because their perception is that somehow the experience will be far inferior to being in an office. But actually that's not the case. I know years ago, we thought it was so impersonal Yes. to to do an online session and now it's actually less you're less vulnerable you focus on counseling for couples sort of your yes, main that's been a, that's been a major thrust along with anger working with people with anger has been a major thrust in right and so so talk to us a little bit about for parents out there the uh, benefits of of making sure that your couple, your relationship as a couple is really paid attention to and nurtured and that you're doing well yes a mistake that many people make is they have things too enmeshed and mixed together. So if their couple's relationship hasn't been going as well, it adversely affects how they parent. And if this happens so often, one person's really struggling with their couple relationship, they might in fact almost distance from not their romantic partner, but from the family. And it just messes up the kids. It's not fair to the kids. And right. so as people can have a much more clear, separate track and think of your romantic relationship as being quite separate from your other two major roles, one being running a household together and the second one being co-parenting. So you have these three different tracks. Think of them much more separately. It's actually way healthier. And then if, if you're not doing so well Maybe you're not agreeing on, on the financial stuff. That's kind of in the household area. You know, one has a different idea of finance as the other. That doesn't mean that has to completely mess up your romantic relationship or interfere with co-parenting cooperatively together. Yeah, that's a really good point. I love that. I, no problem parenting. We talk about uh, the three steps. Seek first to understand. Yeah. You know, uh, step two, prepare for the worst. And step three, change the conversation. And oftentimes you know, we're giving problems too much attention, like the one problem, whether it's behavior problem, or it's an argument you had, 
we give problems too much attention, more attention than they deserve. And so I like that you're saying, yeah, you could have a disagreement about finances and how you're managing the finances, but that doesn't have to take over the romantic relationship. Yes, that's what I'm getting at, is that if you treat it more separate in those three arenas, your romantic relationship, the kind of relationship you have that has nothing to do with kids or nothing to do with sharing a household together, you know, yeah. just, you know, go out with your, with your baby doll and have a little fun, you know, yeah. that, kind of, <laughs> that kind of feeling of, hey, my girlfriend, my boyfriend, not my husband, not dad, not mom, but my girlfriend, my boyfriend, that kind of quality will heal the romantic relationship and see it more separate from the parenting, the co-parenting and from the running the household. It really helps. You know, I just had on episode 56 of the podcast, I had a, a guy come on who has the, a, a podcast called Dad Up. And he and his wife, he had shared with me that he and his wife, they do couples therapy on a regular basis, once a month, not because they're having problems, but so that they don't end up having problems. He likened it to like, you have a coach uh, for a number of things you know, prevent, it's preventable, but we should be taking care of our relationship and nurturing it. Uh, we can prevent a lot of other problems within our home when mom and dad are on the same page, when they're feeling cared for about each other and they're nurturing their relationship, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I actually have a tip that I give to my couple's clients. What I suggest to them is that we're, when they're around their kids and the kids are within earshot, they stop referring to each other as mom and dad so much and start to referring to each other as my boyfriend, my girlfriend, or my husband, my wife. And what it tells the kids is that mom and dad have this other thing going that has nothing to do with me. And it helps the kids to be less self-centered because they don't feel that mom and dad's only role is to be mom and dad. They, they get an experience of, of the, the, these, these two adults here, they have something else going on. I'm not sure quite what it is, but it doesn't have to do with me, that I'm sure of. And that actually helps them to be less self-centered. It also reaffirms to the couple that they have a, a romantic relationship too, and they also happen to run this household and they have these kids. And so that's really, uh, actually a very, very beneficial to refer to each other in terms of endearment that have nothing to do with being mom and dad. Yeah. I love that. So well, you're creating some online courses and your newest course is called Transform Anger. Tell us more about that course. Sure. Basically, it includes everything I've learned from doing anger therapy for clients over these last you know, 10 years or so it's really the best practices. It's the kind of basic things. And what is different about this course than other courses out there? Because I, I bought most courses give people kind of head information. Like if you, you know, anger causes these kinds of problems, it's like statistics and head information, but it doesn't necessarily help people to change their behavior. And what I wanted is a course that helped people change their behavior. Because many people, even if they understand stuff, it doesn't mean they're able to change their behavior in the moment of frustration. So my, my course is really designed to help people gain insight early in the process. So as soon as they can feel something, they say, oh, am I in the pattern? The pattern being their anger pattern. And they've had a, so I work with them identifying what are all the components? What, are, what do I notice in terms of the kinds of thoughts I'm having? Many people have a lot of righteous thoughts or uh, kind of um, 
they're puzzled, but they're also righteous. Like, why is this happening? What's with this person? Why is she doing that to me? Why is he saying that? It's kind of righteous, but puzzled. So they have those kinds of thoughts. They'll have, they'll have emotions that tend to be more like tightening emotions. Like, you know, it's like, it's like frustration. It's like, you know, and, or it could be some sadness. They're feeling some grief or hurt or embarrassment. And, but those are harder to identify. The easiest to identify of all is physical sensations. I'm feeling something in my chest. It's tightness. I'm feeling heat. And so they learn to identify that. And then even behaviors, maybe they stop, start tapping things other people can observe, like they're tapping their fingers or they're pacing or they're talking much faster. So you help them identify yes. their unique, as you call it, your unique anger pattern. So it's yes. one thing to learn about why we get angry or all those kinds of things, but you're saying it's really individualized. Yes, it is. It's, it's really interesting. You know, more people get hot than cold, but some people turn cold when they get angry. Some people feel tension in one spot. Others will feel it in other spots. I've had some people that say, I'm, I'm not feeling any muscular tension. Oh, but I am noticing uh, nausea. And so whatever it is, I help them identify their own unique anger pattern. And, and so if they're therapy clients, they would, we talk about this and we'd write it out and I do all this in a therapy session. But I found out by asking good questions in the course and they write out the answers, they're able to do it. So my course isn't, I do have a few questions and answers be, that people have to do because many people are required to take a course because they've gotten in trouble with the law. You know, they've had a, you know, some kind of court order or their attorney, they're going to have a court order if they don't get their attorney, doesn't get them going in therapy or something. So I do have, you know, some questions and answers. So they learn the material, but most of what people do on their own is they, they're going to answer these questions in a thoughtful way and really identify, for instance, their own unique anger pattern. And then when they, they, they feel something happening, something's happening, what's happening? They can ask the question, am I in the pattern? And then they'll tune into their body and say, well, I'm feeling these sensations. I'm having these kinds of thoughts. Yeah, I'm tapping my fingers, all right. Yes, I am. And that's different than all other anger courses. Because anger course is just a bunch of information. But this is about really understanding you at a deeper level and then being able to do something about it early on, not waiting until you're already awful things are flying out your mouth directed at your partner or your kids. Right. And so you're identifying the anger pattern. And then you have different approaches, right? Yes. Does everybody go through the same approach? Do they have a you know a pool to choose from? There's basically two basic approaches. They ask, am I in the pattern? They tune into their body. They've already outlined the pattern, so they know what the pattern is. And, and the answer is going to be yes or no. If I'm having these thoughts, these kinds of emotions, these physical sensations, or these behaviors, the answer is yes. Then there's a second question. The second question is, is it at a low enough level that I can stay. And here's what that means. If it's beyond 25 or 30% from nothing to terrible things flying out your mouth or worse, if it's at a low enough level, the answer is yes, I can stay. And then they have to do grounding down techniques, which I also teach in the course, how they can ground down into their body and very quickly settle so they can stay and continue the conversation. If it's not at a low enough level, off they go. They exit. They exit. Yes. And they just say, oh, off they go. And that way, they're not going to say things they regret or, or have it escalate. And, and, I, and I have them work with their, their spouse if they're in a, a, a romantic relationship. 
to tell the spouse, I can leave at any time. Anytime either of us get overwhelmed, we're going we're gonna to just, just leave, but we'll get back. It's not going to leave, be leaving and not get back to this conversation because that's what happens. Sometimes people leave and they never get back to it. And the spouse thinks, God, every time we talk about something hard, they won't talk, they'll leave and, and they never want to talk about it. No, they, and nothing gets resolved. Back right? and talk about it. They've got to settle yeah. first because yeah. it doesn't do any good to keep a conversation going if you're agitated. Yes, for sure. I teach that with my parenting too. When when kids are in their fight, flight, or freeze part of their brain, right? That back part of their brain, yep. there is no reasoning with them. You, I don't care how much you dig your heels in, unless you have a very fearful or compliant kid or something like that, you might get them to listen to you when you're being demanding or threatening or whatever. Uh, but typically nothing's going to get resolved in that moment. And oftentimes parents won't want mm -hmm. to let it go for the time being because they're going to think their kids, they think their kids going to think they're getting away with something. It's like, no, no, no. You can just handle it later. You can deal with right, it right, later right. when everybody's in a microsecond of a good mood. Right. You yeah. You're, you're, yeah. Teaching, you're teaching the best practices and it applies just as much to adults as kids. It really does. It's a good point though, that we need to, as parents be modeling this for our kids as well. So when we are the ones getting upset or angry or triggered, uh, that we are modeling, you know what, I'm not in a good spot right now. I need to exit stage left and I'll be back when I can be kind or when I can be calm. Yes. And I, I often think that uh, parents, when you have a child who's very challenging, they're misbehaving, they're back talking, they're, you know, all those things. If you're not in a good spot with yourself and those kinds of things are triggering you, I'm going to say it to everybody today, reach out to Richard go get this course because even if you're not a violent person and you're not having, you know, explosive outbursts all the time but you're still being agitated by your child's behavior, deal with and and work on your own triggers of becoming angry and frustrated so that you can parent more confidently and you're not acting as a peer to your child, right? You're yes. acting as a confident leader, you're able to be a confident leader and not join in on the battle with your kids. So that's why I really love that you're putting this program out there, you know, along with your therapy. And I, I encourage or recommend that that uh, couples, when they are in challenging situations uh, in their relationship, that they do seek out a therapist, even if it's only for a few sessions to get on the same page. Absolutely. Or maybe once a month or every other month for a check-in to say, here are the things that have been weighing on me. Here's the conversations where we didn't get back to them and we didn't come to no. some kind of an understanding or an agreement. So tell us some of the things that the, the hot topics or concerns, actual examples of what parents are struggling with when they come to you. I'll just give it a little, a little quick laundry list, and then we might just focus on the parenting one a little bit. A big issue is, is intimacy, and it's quite common. And oftentimes what it is about is other things. It's like they're just not getting along in other arenas, and so they just don't like each other that much enough to have sex. At least right. doesn't. So it's often that. Uh, another one is boundary issues. Maybe one of them has had loose boundaries. And so a lot of the people that have seen me, infidelity is in the mix. And by infidelity, it doesn't mean necessarily that one or the other had their clothes off having sex with somebody else. It could be much lower level than that, but it's still infidelity. You know, an inappropriate relationship with somebody, overly revealing, overly emotionally involved. So we can right. work with boundaries to make sure that the, both people in the relationship feel safe. And you can't feel safe if somebody has loose boundaries. Another one has to do with household. 
when people aren't agreeing with the household. Too many men, and and I I was, you know, in this camp to some extent myself up until maybe the last eight ten years. Mm-hmm. Too many men have this notion that they're glad to help, which means the woman has all the mental burden. And then the man says, "Well, what, if you just asked, I would have helped." And then and and but but really it should be equal burden mentally where where both people are scanning the house for what needs to be done and just doing it not waiting it for it to be told by in most cases the woman and I've, by the way i've had this reversed too by the way so it's not yes yeah, so of course it always but, yeah, it's, yeah yeah i've had this so it's not but, but more typically that the woman saying well, well why do i have to keep telling you you know it's it's too much mental burden and then it feels she feels like well am i just being an honest case in fact it puts the person that's telling them too much in a parent role and yeah. you can't have a good love relationship if one of them is in the parent role. Right. And I think too often as couples, we don't sit down and figure out who's responsible for what, who's paying attention to what. If we do have that conversation, it's one or the other that's yeah. saying this, 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 and this needs to be done. And then you do feel like you're being the mommy telling the kid what oh, the expectations yeah. are. And again, that's, yeah, no, really it's good not, point. Not healthy. You want to teach even your kids to, to scan the house and say, what needs to be done? Oh, I'm putting trash in and it's so full. It's, it's like throwing itself back out. Take out the damn trash. You don't have to wait for anybody to tell you. <laughs> and put the new garbage bag in. Yes. Put the new garbage bag in because nobody wants to throw stuff in and realize, oh, now I've got to take it out again and maybe clean up a mess down there and then put the garbage bag in. Yeah. And so the idea is that it doesn't have to be one person's exclusive domain everybody can kind of chip in and do what needs to be done and 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 teaching you know first modeling that as parents and then and then doing that with your kids too especially as the kids get older what kinds of things uh, suggestions do you have for parents who are off track who have not been nurturing the relationship as you know co-parents there's one dominating over the other you know how, how do you suggest they start if, if you have a situation where primarily one person has more power in the relationship the, than the other, you really do need to get into marriage therapy because the, it's going to be hard for people to change that, that pattern. It's really hard because people are used to, they're, they're used to a certain way of relating with each other. And if one person has more power, the power to, to the person that's saying, I will leave this relationship or they walked out before, you know, that person is holding the power in the relationship and it's unfair. It won't work. You have to have equal power in a romantic relationship for it to work. So that's the first thing. You have to have equal power. And then if you have another situation kind of related to that, if one person is playing a parent to the other partner, because the other partner maybe isn't being as responsible as they can by looking around and doing things that need to be done and waiting to be told, or because the person that's telling them what needs to be told, the parent role is, I know best. Yeah, it's not even a good role for your own kids, by the way. Yeah, I was just going to say, <laughs> not a good role for your kids. You don't want that role. So, so I, you know, the people need to to get to the point where they're not behaving as if I know best, especially with their partner. Probably not even with their kids. Instead, you, Very good you want point. to have a different relationship. So, people need to learn how to relate with each other in ways that are adult, and not like one person's acting in a child fashion, and another person's acting in a in a, in a parent fashion. Are parents coming to you soon enough or are they coming when things are just like so out of control? Oh, the most frequent comment I've heard over these years of doing couples counseling is 
I wish we would have started with you sooner. Mm -hmm. Most frequent comment, because people often wait way too long. And oftentimes they wait so long that there's no repairing the relationship. One person's really already out the door. They're only coming to couples counseling because, because they, they said that they would. So they, yeah. so they're not blamed for not being willing to try. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's the honest truth there. So yeah. parents, when they start, when they're already feeling like they don't want to have an intimate relationship with their yes. partner, it's, it's all right. I mean, that's a, a huge warning flag, yes. right? That, that is they a huge didn't... warning. That's a, often, usually if they didn't have problems with, with, with sexual stuff before, before they started not getting along, then, then that's what that's about probably. And, and then it's really not having, not having a sexual relationship with your, with your partner is a symptom for all kinds of other things, not being quite right. Cause it's hard to have, you know, feel open and confident to have, you know, to have that kind of experience with somebody else if, you, if you're not liking them. And when we're just, when parents are disagreeing about the, about um, the discipline with, with their children, that's another reason to, to start marriage counseling, right? Yes, it's really very important. They have to be a united front with the kids. Otherwise, the kids will take that little that little wedge and they'll drive it deeper and they'll actually split off the parents. And then one parent oftentimes will say, I'm going to be the good parent with these kids. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure I just give the kids more what they want when they want it, mm -hmm. which forces the other person into kind of the bad parent role. And it's just, it messes up the kids and it certainly messes up the relationship with the two adults. Yeah, you can't be doing that. You have to decide together, not in front of the kids, how do, are we going to handle the situation that's best? And oftentimes people have to give up some of their notions of what they thought was right and move more towards the middle. Both people often do. And you do need a mediator for that. So even if it's not a therapy, that, that's where I love the how uh, coaching and therapy can kind of yeah. go hand in hand, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you offer both. Well, in Minnesota, I do, I do therapy, which includes a lot of just basic coaching things too, but it's therapeutic right. because it's not enough to say, okay, you need to do it more like this. You need to more, do it more like that because there's, there's reasons that come from maybe that person's background, how they were raised, that it's very, it's been very difficult for them to do healthy things like with discipline, because right. maybe when they were a kid, this is how they had it. They, you know, they got slapped around. And they think that they're much more uh, modern and advanced and, and evolved as a parent because they don't slap their kids around anymore. They just shout shitty things at them. But, yeah. but, that, but you see what I'm saying? So, we, so that the therapy mode, it, when we're in therapy mode, we're really trying to uncover and discover why is it difficult for me to do the right thing? But, but that's, that's therapy. That's counseling is more like, here's the right thing. Let's move towards it. Yes. Yeah. That's a good point. People often don't understand the difference between that. There is a difference between therapy and counseling for one. Yeah, there is yeah. truly a difference. Yeah. Uh, and then that there is a difference between therapy, counseling and coaching. Yes. 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 Coaching is extremely straightforward. Here's the best, uh, the best practices to use in your circumstances. That's coaching. Right. Okay. Counseling is more like, here's the best practices to use. And here's why it might be difficult for you based on a little bit of, I know of your background. Therapy is, I know you want to do the right thing and you've been trying to do the right thing and you've been failing. We need to go deeper into why that's been so difficult. And to do that, we have to really look at how you grew up and, and what happened and, and how you were 
handling things and what didn't work so well for you. And, and, and so we can kind of heal some of those things. So you then can do the right thing without sabotaging yourself and other people. Right. It's yeah. Much deeper, much deeper work. Yeah. A lot more feeling stuff. It's not that we don't address feelings in, in counseling or coaching. Uh, we're just not really going deep into right, those right. And, and uncovering the, the, the deep kind of wounds and, and things like yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah, I love it. Tell us what's the best way for people to reach you and to learn more about either doing couples uh, therapy with you, couples counseling, and or to get your access to your online courses and how that all, how that all works, Richard. Yes. Well, in uh, if you're a Minnesota resident, I can do therapy with, with couples in Minnesota. And I can also do anger management therapy as a therapy. Then contact my website, MN, as in Minnesota, the initials MN, counselingtherapy.com, MN, counselingtherapy.com. And then the other thing that I'm, I'm doing more and more of, and I'm really moving forward in this direction, is my website, relationships, plural, relationshipscommunication.com relationshipscommunication.com right now has just the one course, the anger course, which is a certified, a certification course of eight hours. In other words, you'll get a little letter when you start and you get a certificate of completion by doing all those, those things that, that are in the course to do to really help you transform anger. I'm working already on my second course, which is called Stop Arguing. It's a course for couples to help them to literally learn how to Talk about difficult things without arguing and having disagreeable conversations. That is brilliant. Yeah, and that's going to be, so I'm excited about that one. I've taken a look at your the Anger course, and it's really set up to be manageable so that you can watch it on demand. And the videos seem to be between maybe two and 10 minutes a piece or 15 yes. minutes a piece. Yeah. Um, and so that's set up much like mine, which I think it helps parents that you don't have to spend an hour at a time on anything or two hours or three hours at a time, you can kind of take this in bite-sized pieces and then, uh, or binge watch it and then, you know, go back and, and rewatch, right? Yes. You, whatever you want to do is just fine. It's, it's, you can take it at your own pace. What most people do is watch a little section and it's really helpful to then do the, they're called reflections, the reflections right mm -hmm. away where I'm asking questions and you're reflecting on your own life and the things that you learned in the video. How do you apply those for your own situation. And as you do those, then you, it really takes that knowledge you heard, lets it really absorb and become part of you. Oh, I love it. Well, you, you have to be motivated or interested in doing this or it's not going to work. Nothing works if we're not like yeah, self-motivated yeah, yeah, yeah. to do it, right? Too often um, people are taking an anger course because either the, the, the criminal justice system made them take it, their wife or husband made them take it. But, but the idea is to do it for yourself. And most people I found really want to do it for themselves. They don't want to keep having, they, they feel bad when they keep, they've continued to lose control. They felt bad. Most feel very remorseful after they've had some kind of an outburst. Problems don't have to be super severe in your home right now. When it comes to anger, if they're not, this is really the time. I highly encourage parents to go check it out. It's affordable. And it's something that if you are feeling like you're flying off the handle, if you feel like you're agitated, you don't even want to want to talk about the issues with your spouse because they're going to get upset or you're going to get upset purchase the course and just you know save yourself months and years of heartache by nipping this in the bud and being proactive um, and not letting it get to the point where you're feeling like you have to do it i so enjoyed having you on the show and getting caught up and i'm sure i'll have you back on when you have your 
your future courses already set to go. And so thank you so much for being with me today, Richard. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it, Jackie. It's been just a real treat. Thank you for tuning in to the No Problem Parenting Podcast. Join Jackie next time for more tips, tools, and resources that will help you become the confident leader your kids crave you to be. Who do you know that we could support on their parenting journey? Like this podcast, subscribe, share, or leave a review of the show. Your support of the No Problem Parenting Podcast pays it forward and helps us help more families.